Welcome to the Palette Talks podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Palette Talks podcast. This is your host, Jason, and I'm super excited for today because we're back with another episode of the podcast. And join with me today is uh, an amazing person. Uh, I've been featuring this guy for a while now and been really enjoying his music. Uh, and I would like to welcome Skeos for the podcast. Hey, man, how is it going? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's so lovely to have you here, yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Jason. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. So um, maybe for the people out there um, who have not known who you are yet, could you introduce yourself to the people out there? Like maybe just let them know who you are and where you're from and what do you do? So I'm a pianist and music producer. I've been uh, producing for five years. I've been playing uh, piano for about 12, considering myself more of a pianist than a producer. Uh, I'm from uh, Mumbai, India, but I'm studying music in the U.S. right now. That's awesome. So you're from Mumbai yes. in India, right? And, and you're studying in the U.S. right now. Right. Awesome. So it's, it's interesting because I really love uh, talking about culture, and that's something that we're going to talk through later on. Uh-huh. But before we go on, uh, on that part, um, I heard that your latest release it was actually like about a couple months ago, right? It was a single you did with Zachary Sylvania. Yes. I don't know if I pronounced it nah, you, correctly. You pronounced it perfectly, yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. Uh, so uh, can you tell us about like how you worked on the project together, how you met him and how you did that yeah. project? For sure, yeah. Uh, so Zach goes to, my, goes to my school. He's a phenomenal guitarist um i i he was in the same band as me that's how we met uh and he played during like a guitar recital he played a piece called mr sandman by the cordettes and uh, Mm, i really loved it and that's how we started working together i asked him to record mr sandman and i made like a lo-fi remix of that so that was my first project with him um we continued to do a lot of projects um my my latest one is called Birds, and it was it was made by a small chord progression I made over the summer, and I just developed it and I sent him the guitar part and he did an amazing guitar solo on it. You guys should check it out if you if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. So you've been working with Zach for um, many of your tracks, I presume, yeah. Yeah, for a while. A lot of we've we've done quite a few tracks together, and definitely more coming out. So um, um, now we're talking about culture because I really am very interested with this part, especially coming up from you. Um, I I believe that people's background really could impact the vibes that are present in their work, you know, in their music that they produce, that they do, you know. So can you share about like your story, your journey as an artist, maybe um, how you start uh, making music and you're a pianist, but how you develop much more your journey as an artist? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, my, my parents wanted me to play piano as a kid, so, so I did. 
I didn't really like it that much uh, at, at the start, just because it was like classical music and like it wasn't like fun. Uh, but then the more I played, the more I realized that I like music in general and not not classical as much. And uh, I I I wanted to DJ when I was about like eleven or twelve years old. So um, so I started. So I asked my mom and dad to like put me in like a DJing class. Uh, and I did that, and then I realized, oh wait, if I'm a DJ, I need to learn how to produce music because. Because what am I gonna do? Just play other people's songs? So then I started mm. producing um, some music. I I got put into like a production class, and I learned for about um, about a year or two. And um, I learned on Logic. Um, mm. And then when as I was producing, I realized how important piano was, and I need to like actually start practicing piano. So I got really enthusiastic about piano. Now now I play. All, all types of stuff on piano. I play a lot of classical stuff. I've grown to like classical stuff. I play a lot of jazz stuff, which has helped me a lot in my life. Yeah. And I play a lot of contemporary stuff, which is just like really fun to play and really energetic and really interesting. Um, yeah, that's my story as an artist. So you started out with just classical piano, right? right. Classical music. Uh-huh. But then you, you made that transition you want to learn something new, right? Are you the type of guy who who just love to, you know, learn something new every day and and try new things? So, are you that type of person? Oh, definitely. Will you consider yourself? Yeah, uh, I I want to do everything. As I said, like like I've been trying to do like some photography and some like Photoshop skills so I can make my own artwork. I've been trying to promote my own music and like trying to be like my manager for my label. I think as an artist, uh, as especially as an independent artist, you need to know how to do everything just because it's so hard to like get your name out uh, these days. And the more you can do everything yourself, the, the bigger the advantage you're going to have over, over the other people. Yeah. And I think what's been interesting right now is the rise of uh, so many independent artists. You know, back then we are, we all depend on those big labels and those those big brands to to get our music out there. But now with a lot of uh, new platforms and and people out there are actually helping out uh, artists, underground artists to be independent. I think that brings just so much more creativity in the music scene. Yeah, and I think that's what makes uh, Lovi in itself uh, interesting. Just so much more colorful and vibrant. And so you know, I'd love to talk about what are your thoughts about um, independent artists? Like, what do you think is the current state of music right now, in your opinion? Um, I think it's at its peak, actually, just because streaming gives access to so many people to listen to music. Like, like back in the day, if you wanted to listen to something, you had to, you had to go to the record store and buy a record for like 15 bucks mm. and like, if you want to listen to one song, you probably have to buy the whole album to do that. Now you pay what ten bucks a month, and you can listen to mm. every type of music there is. And I think that's really fascinating. And of course, this comes with like the downside of artists not being paid as much as they deserve. But then again, every every person who wants to make music, every person who wants to release music can easily do that now and i think that's that's really great and i don't think people could have this opportunity about like 
20, 30 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like to, ha- to every person out there, as long as they can make music and just, you know, use DistroKid or something and get their music out there. And the, the, amount, the access is just unprecedented. You know, you, you never get this kind of access decades ago. But now that you have that access, you know, everybody's in the game right now. Right. But of course, you mentioned about the um, artist is not getting the amount of um, money maybe they deserve. And I think what's been interesting for me is that maybe I can, it's a bit off topic, but I'm a business student mm-hmm. and um, I, I really love um, Spotify. You know, it's, it's something that I, it's an app that I use to listen to music every single day. And, but what's been interesting about Spotify is that if you know, Spotify has not been profitable ever. Yeah. Like they always lose money because I think it was like 70%. I, I don't know about the numbers, but a majority of their money is actually used to pay for the, the artists and the labels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, they cannot maintain to get money off from that, even though with the amount of, of, of uh, subscriptions and, and ads they receive, like those revenue doesn't cover up their expenses. Right. And so it's, it's fascinating because it, it actually concerned me, like what's the future going to be like, you know, if Spotify's never going to make any money, you know, right. like yeah. will it go down and will streaming actually end or is there something new? Just like, I think disruption is something that's, that changes the whole music scene. Like Spotify changes the, changed the music scene. And what's going to happen next, there, there must be another change, uh, which is why I'm going to bring this up. Like adaptability is something that an artist should understand. Uh-huh. Like, like, what do you think about adapting, you know, um, as an artist? Like, how do you adapt to different changes that you face um, technically, maybe in the music production stuff or the distribution? of music itself i think you need to be very versatile at what you do like if i would have only played let's say classical piano and wouldn't have learned any music production wouldn't have learned my different styles of playing piano i don't think i would have gone anywhere like like i wouldn't have been able to make like any new original music i don't think i would have been able to even like step my foot in like the music industry i think I think I need to like be able to do everything and be as versatile as I as I can because things are going to change whether you like it or not in big ways mm-hmm. or small ways and you need to learn how to adapt to your situation. Let's say lo-fi music is really big today and let's say nobody mm-hmm. listens to lo-fi music anymore tomorrow. You need to know how to be able to switch from let's say producing lo-fi music to another type of music. And you just need to be able to explore new territories and be more explorative in your in your journey as an artist. Yeah, totally. Like, like, like that's actually an interesting point that you said about lo-fi music in itself. Like, maybe now it's it's the trend, it's the boom of lo-fi music, but I don't know what's gonna happen in the next year, in the next decade. Like, everything could change. But yeah, I totally agree that every artist needs to adapt to the change, whether they like it or they don't. And uh, yeah, I think that's a challenge that 
I don't think just any artist, like every creative person, every person that has a job, that's something that they need to that they need to do and, and have that different mindset. You know? I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go a bit trivial right here. Um, I actually had a question in my mind that I've been thinking about. It was about scales. Like, what's actually the meaning behind scales? Why, why are you called scales? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I am the right person to answer this question. I think, I think it's open uh, to interpretation. I think it's whatever you make of it. Um, I thought of the name um, while I was bird watching with my dad in, in the mountains of northern India. And I was like, oh, Skaos is a cool name. Let's go with Skaos. This is before, the, before I really got into lo-fi. I, I did a lot of electronic music uh, back in the day. It wasn't, it wasn't that good. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, uh, SC is capitalized in Skaos, and uh, that's, that's, mm. those are my initials. So I guess that's some part of it. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a cool, cool name. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. So you you were uh, with your father, and you were just like you you were uh, watching birds, and then you go with the name Scales just right off the bat, yeah. uh, because S and C is your initials, and you know Scales. It sounds really cool, man. Honestly, yeah. I'm thinking of maybe starting up um, another another brand, uh, another name to go by. Uh, yeah. It's going to debut in uh, 2020. It's going to be called B9, the letter B and the number nine. Ooh, and and uh, do you mind if you can share a little bit about that of project? Um, so, so that's going to be a more creative project. I'm going to be experimenting with how, how far lo-fi can go. I'm, I'm going to be uh, experimenting with a lot of jazz stuff, a lot of jazz hop stuff. And that's just going to be a super experimental like uh, type of music, which I'm going to be releasing on there. I'm actually working with with an orchestral musician. Um, he he's a cellist. He goes to Berkeley School of Music, and um, he mm -hmm. made a lot of really cool. He he works a lot with strings because he's a cellist, and he knows how to orchestrate his strings really well, and he has great sounds. And I'm working with him to make like a lo-fi slash ambient slash uh, cinematic ep right now uh his name is jonas fincer i-o-n-a-s-f-i-n-s-e-r you guys should go follow him on instagram we have a song coming out on the 29th of of this month on chaos wow that's amazing so you got that's gonna come up on 2020 yeah, right. The the EP uh, which we're working on is probably going to come out in twenty twenty. Ah, that's amazing. So B nine, I hope you all listening to this. Come check it out. You know, I, I think it's going to be out before that. So make sure to check it out once it's out. Um, I think that it's going to be amazing. You know, and um, I want to talk more. I want to shift more about culture uh, because. Uh, I've never had a guest who actually, you know, I'm from Indonesia, which is like, it's a Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. it's in Southeast Asia. And uh, there's something about Asian culture that actually interesting, you know, it's, it's very different from Western culture. And 
you know, knowing that you are living in the United States right now and, and you were from Mumbai, India, um, how do you think growing up or studying in a country with such a different culture helps shape your creative process on music making or on decision making? Like, Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I love this question. Um, so I, I spent my first, uh, I think, 13 or 14 years in, in India. And then I've been spending the last three three years uh, in the U.S. and um, it's it's such a big difference, honestly. Um, one of the biggest things I feel uh, the biggest differences I feel is is the food. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, Indian food and Indonesian food and Asian food, just in general, not gonna lie, is so much better than uh, than. Uh, than the food or uh in in a hundred percent man <laughs> yeah yeah uh coming to the music side of things i i i learned the western way when i was growing up but uh my last couple of years in mumbai i was really fascinated with with um with indian music and indian classical music and i definitely think i've had some influence from it especially in the music theory side of things I'm a big advocate of music theory. I think all producer producers should learn at least a little bit of music theory to help help you out in your production. And the way Western uh, Western music approaches music theory and um, Asian music approaches music theory is so completely different. And uh, it's amazing to have another another perspective on something like music theory. And I think that's helped me a lot in uh, in my music making as an artist because like i feel like every musician producer artist independent artist songwriter should know at least a little bit of music theory if not like a good chunk of it because it has just helped me so much in my music making skills that yeah that i feel like everybody else should learn also straight up question mm -hmm. honest I, I need your honest opinion do you think in the low vice scene there are a lot of artists and producers that actually don't understand music theory. So many people don't understand music theory, and I feel like that's where I I belong in the in the lo-fi industry. Just because I can hit up producers and be like, "Hey, I play piano. I know my music theory. I can send you a couple of samples your way, and we can make some cool stuff together." Because sometimes, if you just don't put the right ingredients together, you're not gonna end up with a beat which sounds sounds professional. You know, like music theory is such an underrated part of music that i feel like if everybody were to know everything about music theory you could mm. potentially make a song without hearing it like i've done that before and it, it doesn't sound as good as of course if you hear your own music before you like click yeah but i've been on plane rides where i cannot listen to my own music just because of how loud the engine is just because of my of the ear pressure messing with my ears and everything that i just make a song without listening to how it sounds and it turns out like an actual song and it and, and it works so yeah wow that that's amazing i didn't know you could you could do something like that like it's a totally different experience because i definitely do not master any uh, music theory and stuff but to understand that in your perspective and you know for me i thought like the audience is all that matters but uh maybe for some people and you know for a different perspective like the music theory and and everything that, that 
all the little ingredients and all the mixing and everything that goes on with it right actually is is very very crucial in in the music composition itself so yeah i agree with you uh also another cool thing i want to mention is that beethoven was was deaf after like his sixth or seventh symphony maybe even earlier but his ninth symphony is the one which was one of his most important and like most influential symphonies i think it was his last one also and uh he completely wrote that symphony while being deaf so he couldn't hear any of his music but just because he knew his music theory just because he had experience with it he could imagine the sounds in his head as he was composing and and back then you couldn't hit play and you couldn't listen to your music you couldn't uh be like oh this sounds off because there's a note i missed or something like that he had to think of everything and then go to an orchestra and then have it heard and then maybe go back and fix things um i think it's crazy how he made all of this amazing music while he was deaf and i think music if he didn't know music theory i feel like he wouldn't have been able to make that amazing of music you know wow i i didn't know that that's 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 pretty crazy <laughs> honestly like wow so yeah that's a really good explanation of why people should definitely learn music theory yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um uh, moving on um i've seen that um many of your tracks are actually uh, results of collaboration with different people like zach um i saw lucas king and yeah. shuto nakagawa mm -hmm. and uh, so i would love to know what are your thoughts on collaboration like do you think because i've seen like there are so many songs that have way too many people like yeah collaborating i i don't mean like in the production and stuff but like for example in the singing part like sometimes it gets overwhelming for me no. uh and stuff like but what do you think about do you think a collaboration of many people is good or or do you think there's a there needs to be a balance like i, I just i'd love to know your really honest opinion i feel like there are two sides of the coin i feel like i've had so much more fun and uh, so much more energy in the room and been able to put out stuff consistently and make generally better music when i collaborate with people because i'm gonna have two opinions on everything i'm gonna have a second brain working towards the same goal uh let's say i put in two hours my friends my friend puts it also in two hours instead of me spending four hours on something we can split up the task and have it be two hours and two hours each i can focus on my strengths and they can focus on their strengths and it's definitely a good thing but again every everything has two sides of the coin let's say i'm working with somebody uh who has the same exact strengths as me and the same exact weaknesses as me the collaboration isn't going to go as smooth as someone who who let's say has strengths where i i struggle so i think you need to be able to find somebody somebody who you who you're good with while collaborating also as you said if you have seven people working on a track if you have 10 people working on a track even like four people that might get a little crazy that might get be overwhelming to the listener so you just need to find a good balance but if done right i feel like collaborations have so much potential and i think it's so crazy what you can accomplish in a collaboration versus what you can accomplish by yourself yeah, yeah that's interesting so 
yeah, it's always good to get something, you know, if you have, because I believe every artist has their own strengths. And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, everybody's got their own strengths and when you just work together and you just push each other, um, if done correctly and if you find the right people, it's going to do something amazing. It's going to create something uh, totally fresh and new. But of course, there are two sides. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good thing. Um, do you have any people out there that you want to collaborate with? Oh yeah, maybe you have like any in your mind. Literally anybody. Like I am so pro collaborations, and me being a pianist, I can always like send piano samples to people. I can always, you know, send um, send a beat I've made, and we can just hop on anything. Like even if you're nobody, I would love to collaborate with you. Like. I think collaboration is key to the music industry, and I would just love to love to work with you guys. So anybody listening, just hit me up. Uh, that being said, I would I would love to work with um, with Kupla. Kupla is a great artist, uh, and I love his influences. Um, I've been working with an amazing producer called uh, called B Side. He uh, he's one of the best beat makers I've I've ever heard. Uh, leave is pretty cool and of course i would love to work with idealism because he's an he's a phenomenal oh, yeah. pianist yeah. and i love his beats and i think um maybe if we collaborate together that could be something really interesting but 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 that being said again i would love to work with anybody because i feel like any musician will have their own perspective and opinion on things because they've been raised up different ways they've had different experiences than me and uh, it would just be cool to collaborate with anybody you know Yo, that is that's really cool. So, anybody out there listening, you know what you gotta do? Go reach <laughs> out, yeah, straight up. You you can be reached through DM, email, right? Um, yeah. my, everything there my, in the podcast. So, oh yeah, you can shout yeah, it out. My Instagram is chaos s c a y o s. Uh, yeah, just feel free to DM me over there. You heard it, boys and girls. <laughs> Go DM him right away. Uh, before I think, before we end, uh, I'd love to know if you have any advices for people out there, you know, coming artists, coming singers, producers, um, who actually wanted to start to do and make music and stuff. Like, what are the tips, you know, and opinions that you would give to them? Um, yeah, I'm going to say consistency is key. Uh, the more consistently you release your music, the more feedback you're going to get on it, the more you're going to be able to improve on your music, the more you can put out to the world, and every release is going to be better than your previous one. And um, one day you'll reach a point where your music is amazing and people are going to want to listen to it. And uh, and yeah, you'll you'll have a good fan following, especially if you release consistently. And um, yeah, rest is history. You just take it on from there. Also, before before uh, we end, you've started producing music, also, right? Yeah, that was like that was really old stuff. <laughs> do you, um, do you still yeah, think, or is it just uh, is it just like something you do on the side, or how is it? I I would not even describe it as something I do on the side. It's something that I did um, as part of, I really want to do something new. 
just to find out if it's something for me or if it's not. So I can tell people, yo, I actually did try that. Yeah. But I don't think that's for me. But I, I tried it. I, I tried to make um, a couple of songs, uh, a couple of tracks. But, you know, personally, I'm just, I'm just an honest guy. Um, I don't really understand music. I don't play any music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love listening to it. You know, I love, I love listening to it. I, I know like which songs are good or bad, in my opinion, that is. Um, but just actually doing it, you know, doing the drums and, and, and all the beats and stuff is actually hard. Like even to make something real simple, to actually make something go click and, and make it feel right, it's, it's super challenging. So at least if there's a lesson that I learned through my very short process and journey of making music is that you got to really appreciate all the people out there. Like it's whatever they do, it's actually not easy. And then they actually put in the work. They actually uh, do something that I cannot do in and I think it's really fair if we can just appreciate all artists out there, all producers out there that are uh, doing their stuffs. And I think it's something that we should support. So, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, I don't really do it anymore, but maybe I will do it again sometime in the future. Yeah, that's fair. But, if yeah. you ever need somebody to collaborate with, and I can always teach you some music theory, you know? Ah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do you have any shout outs or any messages to, you know, anyone you want? Yeah. This I'm is gonna, your spot. Yeah, I'm going to shout out uh, my good friend, Zach Sobania, who's helped me in my music, and uh, my other good friend, Jonas Spencer, who I've been working with. So thank you guys. Awesome. Skiaos, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you getting me on this podcast. Um, and make sure for everyone out there, uh, please listen to Skiaos music. Um, there, there's a, an upcoming release on the 29th right, of, right. of November. So yeah. make sure you check them out. Um, actually, what, uh, we'll play one of your songs uh, at the end after. Uh, we end this podcast uh, but I would love to also to thank you everyone for listening to the podcast um, thank you so much for listening to this and I really do hope that from this conversation you get value you get something that you learn and something that can make your day uh, don't forget to really positivity everywhere you go and I hope you all the very best day see y'all bye bye